No matter what happens in the Virginia governor's race between Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin, there will be massive implications for America in 2022 and beyond. Look, from critical race theory to COVID fear-mongering to the surprising strength of a relatively unknown Republican candidate, these are trends we will be seeing play out over the next few years in America, and I want you to know exactly how important and interesting this all is. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Okay, Problematics, if you have been watching cable news, if you have been reading political articles, if you are at all involved in anything that is going on right now politically, you will know that all anyone is talking about is the governor's race in Virginia right now. It has become a cultural flashpoint about the very issues that we've been talking about as Americans at least over the past two to three years. You know, we're talking about um, critical race theory. We're talking about COVID fear-mongering of the left. We're talking about um, the ways in which Democrats decide to run on race when nobody is talking (laughs) about race uh, because that's all they have to do. So, it has become this flashpoint about all of this stuff that is going on. And I remember in, in the past few weeks, um, this is when everything um, really started becoming centered around this Virginia's governor's race. And to be clear, for me, um, you know, as somebody that consumes this stuff, as somebody that watches it and that, that talks about it, um, I, I think that sometimes the importance of a local governor's race or the importance of a governor's race can be a little overstated. Um, You know, if it's relatively slow in politics and we don't have anything to talk about, but, you know, Biden falling asleep at a climate summit, and and we'll get to that a little bit later. But when there's nothing going on, generally people want to, you know, pump up some, some local race and they'll say, oh, this is so important, but it actually is important. And the reason why this race between McAuliffe and Youngkin is so important is because of these issues, because of critical race theory, because of the COVID fear-mongering. So this all really started a a couple of weeks ago. Terry McAuliffe stepped into what I would think is the third rail of political excrement when he let out the mother of all campaign gaffes during a debate where he basically said um, that we don't want parents to dictate what is taught in the child's school. And this was an example of, you know how I tell you guys a lot that the left says the quiet part out loud. Um, The quiet part for the left is basically they do want to control every single thing. Um, They want to control not only that what you and I as adults do, but they want to control everything your kids do and everything that they're learning. They want what these people want is cradle to grave government dependency and control. Like that's the fundamental. Um, These are the fundamentals on what Democrats run on. And when it comes to the school system, you know, you see a lot of these viral videos with parents of all colors that are railing against some of this, you know, critical race theory stuff that is being taught in the classrooms. And, you know, if you guys follow me on Facebook at Rob Smith Online, I share these videos pretty much every single day on Facebook. And you're always finding these viral videos of these parents that are just fed up and they will come to these school board meetings and they will say, why is my why is my white child being taught that he or she is an oppressor at five years old? Or a black parent, why is my black child being taught that there's some sort of victim of racism literally at five years old when they're still trying to learn ABCs and all of this stuff? So 
this stuff that the parents are dealing with and this stuff that is going on in these schools, this is grassroots stuff that starts with concerned parents. And so, you know, when McAuliffe um, goes on the defensive about this, and, I, and I'll play you a little bit of, about him, of him going on the defensive and doing basically typical, uh, typical Democrat, you know, talking points a, a little bit later. But I, I want to define exactly what is going on in these schools, right? So you have these parents that are upset about this. And there are other videos that I share, and this stuff is all over the internet. This is not InfoWars craziness. These leftist maniacs that have basically taken over um, the educational system, these people will go on TikTok and make videos about things that they are teaching kids in their classroom, literally. Um, this, you know, this uh, LGBT, you know, crazy um, LGBT oriented teacher or whatever uh, was reading a book called Queer Heroes, was, was, um, did a TikTok video with a book called Queer Heroes. And she's like, this is what I'm teaching my kids. She was like a third grade teacher um, or, or something like this. Um, so this is what is out there. And these people are telling on themselves. And every single week you hear, um, you know, some teacher being caught sharing a video with some book that is not that has not been approved for being taught, or you hear them basically saying that they're communists and Marxists, like that that teacher in California that got caught on the viral video. This was a Project Veritas thing, I believe, saying that he's a Marxist and a communist and saying that he basically trains these kids to be communists by, um, you know, giving them extra credit to go to, to rallies and stuff like that. And the funny thing about this is problematics is that when I speak of these things, and I know that these things exist because I see videos of them and I share videos of them, and we're seeing this stuff, if you do not see this stuff with your own two eyes and you're not, you know, consuming this content, it sounds crazy. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. But the thing about it is, is that it's not ridiculous. This is just what is happening right now. So anyway. Um, you have McAuliffe pretty much stepped in it um, when it comes to critical race theory. And, and here's the thing, before I go even any further, because I want to give you what I believe is a definition of critical race theory. We're not going to go into critical race theory this episode. I have done episodes on critical race theory in the past. Um, I'll probably get um, Chris Rufo, who I call the critical race theory uh, horse whisperer, the critical race theory whisperer. He's the one that really is the guy to go to on all this stuff. Um, I'll get him for a podcast a little bit later. But the simplest definition that I've come up with when it comes to critical race theory, this is what critical race theory is. It was taught in, at the college level, specifically in, at the law school level, and it was a legal exploration of some of the different ways that racism is baked into some of the institutions in America, whether it be um, the redlining racism um, that was baked into our, you know, our, our real estate. Um, it, there's other different things like that. And so this was used to teach legal scholars law students that were eventually going to school so that they could practice the law, it was there to teach them these things. And these things are well-documented. This is not far-left insanity. These are things that were well-documented, right? And so how critical race theory has sort of what happens with the left, and, and, and especially when the left takes over something, it, it sort of mutates and it becomes this dumbed-down, simple thing 
um, that can just be thrown anywhere. And so that's why you're getting um, blacks are victims and whites are oppressors in kindergarten. Like this is why um, you're getting the Ibram X. Kendi's of the world. These are grifters. Um, and these are, you know, PhD students, grifters or whatever that have found a way to take the race grift and make it sound academic. And they can fool a lot of people by doing this because they can make it sound smart and they can make it sound academic. Uh, but what they're really doing is they're race hustling, they're grifting, they're, they're, they're you know, I'll strap them with a PhD, right? Um, so none of this stuff really makes sense. So that, in essence, is what it is the essence of, of what critical race theory is. That is how I explain critical race theory. So if I'm debating with the leftist that tries to be like, well, what is critical race theory? What is critical race theory? I was like, okay, this is exactly what this is. And so you tell me, leftist, why this belongs in schools, kindergarten schools, grade schools. It, it doesn't, which is that that's how you win the argument. But anyway, so Terry McAuliffe stepped into it when he basically said that he doesn't want parents dictating what is going on in the school because Democrats can get away with a lot of things. The far left can get away with a lot of things. What it is hard for them to get away with is messing with children's educations, right? Um, the, the children of concerned parents. And you have to realize, and I tell you guys this a lot problematic, so you have to realize that these parents that are anti-critical race theory, these parents that are speaking up in these school board meetings are not just Republicans um, or, or not just, you know, these are not just Republicans or conservatives. These are people that are concerned that are speaking up. And when you add that um, to the fact that now Merrick Garland in the Department of Justice um, has been embarrassed by that memo basically weaponizing are attempting to weaponize the Department of Justice against these concerned parents, call them, uh, you know, white supremacists, call them you know, all of the different things that they call anybody that has an issue with leftist ideology. So what you have to understand is that these people are all being exposed at this very moment. They're being completely exposed. And so now this stuff is bubbling up to the surface under the form of this gubernatorial election in Virginia right now. And the thing about this election is this, and, and, and I have my doubts about whether or not this is going to go, to go for Yunkin. And, and my doubts are steeped in the fact that, number one, um, Republicans have a very hard time, sometimes they have a hard time turning out the vote in local elections, right? In local and state elections. They have a hard time turning out the vote. And you have a lot of Republicans right now who are rightfully so, mind you, very suspicious of what is going on in these elections. There are some people who do not believe that their elections are going to be counted. They believe that these Democrats are going to steal elections. So they're like, why bother? You know, why even go out to vote? Um, and you know what? Let's break here. I got so much more on this topic right after the break because there's so much going on in Virginia in, in with what um, this is going to say for America moving forward. So join me on the other side of this break. So right now, 
like I was telling you before the break, problematics. I am very, um, I'm skeptical of whether or not this election is really going to go for for Yunkin. This is the the Republican nominee. It's really going to go for Yunkin, and and I will tell you why I am skeptical. And and you know, I'll get into to how bad McAuliffe is. And this isn't, you know, this isn't like some. I'm not the kind of political commentator that's going to run around here and like do campaign ads for Republican candidates. Like I'm not going to tell you how to vote. Um, I, you know, I'm not consulting for them. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I will tell you how I would vote. I mean, I think that you're pretty sure you know how I would vote had I lived in Virginia, but I don't live in Virginia. Um, and the reason that I'm suspicious about whether or not this race will really go for Yunkin is a couple of different things. First of all, um, McAuliffe, has already been caught, mind you, he has been caught hiring one of um, an an attorney that specializes in election-related legal challenges, right? So this is Fox News kind of broke this story because Fox News was working on a story that McAuliffe's campaign had hired, um, spending uh, allegedly this from Fox News, $60,000 to hire a high-profile attorney known for masterminding election-related legal challenges, right? Because this is what the left does. When Republicans um, question the outcome of an election, we are crazy, we're weird, it's the big lie, it's all of this other stuff. When Democrats do it, you know, they're just following the legal system, right? And, and also, you know, in 2016, when Democrats said for four years that the 2016 election was stolen and that Russia was behind it, nobody treated them like the lunatics they are. But anyway, so already, Terry McAuliffe knows that they're in trouble. The polling indicates that McAuliffe is on the ropes um, when it comes to this. You know, a, a Republican in Virginia getting the kind of traction that Glenn Youngkin has got um, is 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 new. It's kind of unheard of. And it's not that Glenn Youngkin is some sort of Republican superstar. People barely knew who he was before this. It was that he's one of these Republicans that can come in, that can seize on an issue in this case um, this is the the critical race theory stuff. This is the, you know, the stuff about what is being taught in schools. So he can come in, seize on this issue, and speak to people in a very common sense way, a very common sense, straight shooting, straight talking way about exactly what is going on here in terms of what the left wants to put into these schools. And that is what people are connecting to. That is why the polling is tending toward Yunkin. Now, will he pull it out? I don't know. But back to Terry McAuliffe. So he um, had been caught basically spending 60K to put this attorney on retainer because what they're basically going to do is that if they lose, they're going to challenge the election. Um, and, and basically, this is how incompetent these people are. McAuliffe told on himself um, by basically respond, replying all to an email, thinking that he is talking about... Um, Thinking that he is replying to a stat, but really replied to the Fox News reporter, basically saying, hey, um, or, or this is his campaign, mind you. This is not this is not McAuliffe. But the campaign was like, hey, can we kill this story? And replied all to the Fox News reporter. Obviously, the Fox News reporter caught on to it, tweeted it out. That becomes a bigger story. So now the part of the story is that he was trying to kill this story so that we all know that should McAuliffe lose in Virginia today, the elections today, should he lose, they are already ready to 
have a legal challenge to it. But like I said, I am skeptical about whether or not, you know, Youngkin is really going to really going to pull this off. And this is why. You know, every once in a while, and as somebody as conservative, it's like it breaks your heart every time you see it. But, you know, you see these things over and over and over again. Look at what happened with Larry Elder um, in California. We were so excited about Larry Elder. We were like, you know, there's a lot of energy. He could do it. He could do it. He could do it. You know, turn out Republicans. And then, you know, you get demolished 60-40. I think that's what, what Larry Elder was. 60, I don't know, whatever it was. It was, you know, Larry Elder, I think he ended up getting, you know, 30% of votes, 70-30, whatever, in California against Gavin Newsom. And what you have to understand about how Democrats run elections is that they have machines. These dim machines are not machines. They're not called machines for nothing. And the turnout for a Republican candidate against a Democrat in one of these machine states, particularly, mind you, one that has been run by Democrats for the last two terms, Governor Northam, this is who they're running to replace, survived the blackface scandal. Governor Northam, to this day, by the way, still either did blackface or was photographed in a Klan robe. We still do not know which one. He was a Democrat. He got away with it. This guy has still been running Virginia, okay? And so when these Democrats have this much power in these states, they put their thumb on the needle to make sure that all of the election rules and everything like that, this stuff favors Democrats. They have a huge, enormous get out of the vote. They have enormous turnout. These people, they do um, something what they what is called with the votes is that they're basically harvesting vote. Now, harvesting votes sounds illegal. It's actually perfectly legal. It is like ballot harvesting in the way that there's a legal way to ballot harvest. Basically, they are getting they are going to different, you know, locations that are very much friendly to Democrats, whether they go to senior citizens home, they go to projects, they do do all these different things and they say we're here to, you know, to help you with your vote or to drive you to the location or do all of these different things, right? And so this is what they do like Republicans do not do this to that level. And so this is why I'm always skeptical in when it comes to, you know, Republicans being able to really pull something out here. I do not know. Do I hope that Youngkin pulls it out? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is the thing. Going into 2022 and, and eventually 2024, look, you have to understand that the Democrats, whether you think Biden won the election or not, okay? And I I personally, this is what I personally think. You guys know how I feel about the election. I think that there was a lot of funny business when it, when it came to the national election in 2020. I think that there was a lot of funny business when it comes around that. So I can understand why some people do not believe that Joe Biden got more votes than any other president in American history. I mean, it is ludicrous. It is ludicrous to think this. But... The Dem machine that turned out votes in the Dem machine run cities in the swing states were able to to flip that for Biden. Like that is what I honestly truly believe. Whether those votes are stolen or not, I, I don't know, but I believe that that's how they turned it out for Biden. Like I said, Republicans do not have this sort of this sort of machine, especially not in a city like especially not in a state like Virginia. So Republicans have to defend. They have to depend on. Republicans 
and independents being excited enough to get out and go vote. And they also have to depend on the candidate being so bad that Republicans have to turn out against this. This is how Trump won in 2016. Hillary Clinton was just so bad. She was just so awful. Like, the candidate has to be so bad that not only do, do Republicans have to turn out in higher numbers, independents have to vote for the Republican candidate, and the Dem candidate has to be so bad that it actually depresses the turnout for the Dem candidate. Do I believe that McAuliffe is this bad? I absolutely do. I believe that McAuliffe is this bad, and I will break down just the way that he deals with the way that he deals with being challenged is what makes him a fundamentally weak candidate. And I'm going to break some of that down for you right after the break. So like I said, problematics, do I believe that, um, do I believe this polling? The, you know, there's a lot of Fox News polls. There's a lot of conservative-leaning polls. And and Fox does this, you know, sometimes when it comes to, you know, Republican candidates. It's obviously um, a conservative-leaning network, obviously. So they do this a lot. They'll say, obviously, the Fox News audience skews very Republican. So they'll be like, you know, our Fox News poll says that, you know, Youngkin's pulling it out. And, you know, it, it's 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 obviously for their audience to to come out. It's sort of to inspire and to get their audience to come out and vote. Like, absolutely. So, so you know, Fox does that. So do I believe that this polling that comes from Fox News polls that um, Youngkin is pulling out in front? I don't know. Like I said, I'm still skeptical of it. What I do believe um, is that Terry McAuliffe is a terrible politician. And I want you to listen to, so this is an exchange with a local reporter, a black local reporter, mind you. This is getting a lot of traction um, right now because this... This this exchange, this show, as a matter of fact, you know what, I'm just going to play it for you. And then I, I will analyze this for you right after it. So how do you define it? it, it Anita, it is not taught here in Virginia. But how do you define it? Doesn't matter. It's not taught here in well, Virginia. So I'm not going to spend my time. On, on what it is. I'm not even spending my time because the school board and everyone else has come out and said it's not taught. It's racist. It's a dog whistle. But if we don't have a definition, how can we say it's racist? I just want a definition from yeah. you. It's not taught here in Virginia. We can ask about any topic. Here's what I've said all along, and it really bothers me. You know, I re it really bothers me. This whole idea of stirring parents up to create di divisions. Our children are going through such challenges today because of COVID, and we're talking about something here today, wasting precious viewers' time. Okay, so like I said, you learn a lot about a politician by how they act when they are challenged. So Terry McAuliffe is challenged on critical race theory. This is a black reporter, mind you. She's like, define this so that our viewers know what this is and that they can know that you're not trying to put this in school. He will not define it, likely because he does not know what it is. Um, he calls parents that are... Number he calls parents... By the way, the same parents that are trying to vote for him, mind you. Um... That, oh, this is a racist dog whistle, right? Um, and, and even this is how the left works, works today. So Juan Williams is, is, twinning, is, is trending all over Twitter because Ron, Juan Williams, Democrat strategist, Fox News contributor, he's saying that parents' rights uh, is code for white rights. So he's turning this um, into the idea 
that anybody that has any sort of concerns with this in school must obviously be a racist. So this is what they do. And so he's very defensive about this. And then you notice, even aside from how defensive McAuliffe is about this, you notice him starting talking about students and all of their challenges um, when it comes to COVID-related. The challenges that young people, students in schools are facing, particularly grade school students, the challenges that they're facing are these stupid mask mandates. Having a kid, forcing a kid to sit with a mask on for eight hours a day that is a school-aged child is unbelievable. Like, I believe it's tantamount to child abuse, but these Democrats are doing this because they are playing COVID games because all of their COVID games are political. Now, Terry McAuliffe brought up COVID because he wants to run under, okay, we're keeping kids safe, blah, blah, blah. He was caught lying. He said that they had had... um over a thousand school age kids, you know, come down with COVID in, in like some week, you know, over the past couple of weeks, the real number was 19. So the, these people lie. They lie and they lie and they lie. And then they take another breath and then they lie again. And they are lying to you in order to keep you afraid. This is what they do. And so he wants to flip it and he wants to say that the very real concerns that parents have over this stuff in the schools is racist. And then, you know, they get their little Democrat leftist minions, Juan Williams, oh, you know, parents' rights is called for white rights. As if there are no black parents in this country that have issues with this stuff being taught to their children, right? So... This is a cultural flashpoint. What is going on in the Virginia's governor's race, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it has massive implications for America, not only with the critical race theory, not only with what's going on in schools, because I'm telling you problematics, we will be hearing about this stuff leading into 2022 and leading into 2024 with the way that these trends work. And I'm telling you guys, like, this is what I do. This is what I do for... 50 hours a week, this is what I do, which is why I try to to um, give it a break on the weekends. But this is where these trends are headed. And realize that in 2020 and in, you know, 2016, 2018, 2020, it was a lot about BLM. And, you know, oh, everything's racist and all oh, these cops are racist and everything like that. And what you have seen is now that they have... The far left has succeeded in, in some of their goals for, for the anti-cop movement. Now that they've got people hating police officers, and now that they have used BLM and all of that other stuff, this is basically, um, they, they know that whenever um, they want to gen some stuff up, they can get BLM riots and, and protests in the streets, and you will see them next summer. I'm telling you, Problematics, you will see them next summer because it is an election year. This is just what you will see. And so that's done. And so now that they have been caught trying to filter a lot of race essentialist garbage into the public school system, which, by the way, anybody that is at all, you know, uh, awoke to any of this stuff, you know what a crap system, like the public education system, it is it is not for parents, okay? This is, it is just a, a hot mess right now. And everybody knows it. And so the implications are that now that they have been caught, you know, trying to push this stuff into schools, now that they have been caught, um, they are doubling down. 
they are trying to make any sort of criticism of this seem racist, and they are going back to the Democrat playbook that they go back to time and time again. And the playbook is that everything is racist. Everybody that is against us is a white supremacist. All of these concerned parents are white supremacists. Now that we are in power, get the Department of Justice clamped down on them. If you are a black parent that has issues with critical race theory, then you must be one of those, you know, self-hating, coon, conservative, white supremacists and blackface. Like, this is the kind of crazy stuff that they say problematic. Like, it really, really is. The, the racial slurs, you know, the calling the black conservatives coons, calling anybody that has anything um, to say about this stuff racist, this is the left's playbook. And the implications that this has for America is this. Will this work? Because if McAuliffe wins in the Virginia governor's race, it will be um, because Democrats, like I said, were able to ballot harvest because they were able to use everything is racist and COVID and all of this stuff, they were able to use this to turn out votes. And if they are able to use this stuff to turn out votes in this Virginia governor's race, they will be able to use it in 2022 and beyond. I truly believe that. Now, if this does not work for them, if Terry McAuliffe loses fair and square, and, you know, he launches his little challenge and they don't, they don't, you know, they don't find anything. And now um, they're forced to be the hypocrites that we all know them to be because they have just spent the last 10 months telling us that anybody who um, launches an election-related legal challenge is propagating a lie and, you know, is, is a white supremacist and all this other stuff. If Glenn Youngkin wins in Virginia, if this Republican becomes the next governor of Virginia, that is... That, that there's a lot of stuff that has been signifying a lot of bad news for Democrats running, um, heading into 2022 and 2024. That is bad, bad, bad news for Democrats. Because if Glenn Youngkin wins, this means that he has basically set the template for every Republican that is running, not only um, ones that are running in, in, in local races like this, you know, something for, for running for governor, Republicans that are running for Congress, Republicans that are running for, for city council, Republicans that are running for smaller seats. This sets the template. And it says, look, you can be a conservative. You can be an independent leading conservative. You can be a Republican. You can run um, by not being crazy. You can be a straight-talking, straight-shooter who, by the way, Glenn Youngkin did not have to wrap himself up in Trump. In fact, when you're looking at it, he has pretty much distanced himself from Trump as much as he possibly can um, without completely denouncing him. You know, McAuliffe went on the offensive. He, God, they did this stupid, God, there's so much, guys, I can't even get into, so I guess I'm just going to go long today, but it's like, whatever, it's fine. Usually... I try to keep this stuff, I try to keep them to about 30, 35 minutes because I'm afraid you guys are going to get sick of me, but everybody's asking for me to do them longer. But anyway, so they even tried to tie Yunkin to Trump. There was this, and this is probably another thing that you did not think about or that you did not hear about. The Lincoln Project hired political actors. They literally hired people to have the tiki torches to make it seem as if some of the neo-Nazis 
that were rioting or whatever in Charlottesville a couple of years back. Remember, the the one big lie is the very fine people smear that they smeared against Trump. You guys know that. I've talked about it ad nauseum. But the the McAuliffe campaign, they hired these people or, or they, they paid the Lincoln Project to pull this stunt. And everybody saw this stunt. They said that it was the worst stunt in the world, the Lincoln Project. It is so just... It is underhanded. Nobody fell for it. It completely flopped. It was met with disgust on both sides. So now this is why you never hear about it. So the McAuliffe campaign has done this all wrong. And so like I said, if Youngkin wins, there is now a template for a non-crazy Republican to not only get elected, but to also get elected without having to kiss the ring of Donald Trump. And that would be terrifying to the left. The only thing that they have to run on is Donald Trump. The only thing that they have um, to, you know, make people afraid of uh, of conservatives or Republicans is this idea, Donald Trump is a lunatic and a white supremacist and all these things that we told you that he was over the past couple, uh, over the past couple of years. So every Republican is like him. If people have now gotten the memo that this is a lie, if people have gotten a memo that every Republican is not Donald Trump and that, you know, tying any Republican running to Donald Trump in that way is just not working anymore, that is massive. Because what that means is, like I said, there is a template for every single Republican that is running from top to bottom, whether it's a Republican running for president um, eventually, whether it's a Republican running for governor, whether it's a Republican running for city council, whether it is a Republican running for school board. The template is this. You say what you mean. You mean what you say. You trust voters enough to speak honestly and openly to them and to tell them the truth. This is what Youngkin has been doing. He is not lying um, about what the left has in store for the schools when it comes to critical race theory, right? Like he is not lying about um, any of the stuff when it when it comes to you know the, the kids and, and the masks and and how the McAuliffe campaign is inflating you know these COVID numbers and all that stuff. All Glenn Youngkin did was has done was tell the truth. This is why people are drawn to him. And it's not that he's some superstar. It's not that he's the most exciting politician in the world. He's not. He's pretty typical. He's actually kind of bland, to be honest. But you get the sense when you're watching Youngkin that this is somebody that is shooting straight from the hip, that is telling you the truth. This is what people want out of politicians. When you watch Terry McAuliffe, you see somebody that is lying, you see somebody that is floundering, you see somebody that is weak, you see somebody that is defensive, you see somebody that has something to hide, and you get the sense that this man is not telling you the truth. So the choice that America will have to make today when it comes to the Virginia governor's race um, or when it comes to tomorrow, you know, in whatever other race, when it comes to 2022, when it comes to voting for for congressmen and women um, and in 2024, when it comes to voting for another another president. So that is the choice that you're always making whenever you vote for anybody. And I don't care if you are left or right, like if you're Republican, uh, Democrat, uh, independent leaning, whatever in between. The choice that you're always making when you pull the lever to vote for somebody is, is this person telling me the truth? Is this person speaking freely to me? Or does this person have something to hide? Virginia has a choice right now. 
they are going to choose either a straight shooting guy that's kind of boring, but you know where he stands on these issues, particularly issues that are important to the parents of Virginia. Or you're going to choose somebody that is a machine politician that lies like he breathes and that gets defensive and, and cornered when he is backed into a corner when it comes to something that he doesn't want to admit, something that he believes, things that he wants wants to do that he doesn't want to admit to. These are the choices that Virginia has. And Virginians, if anybody's listening to me right now, if you're listening to me from Virginia, I hope you guys make the right choice. Because what you do today is going to have massive implications for this country in 2022 and beyond. So choose wisely, Virginia. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.